Welcome into the IDS Football Podcast alongside Will Coleman and Caleb Kaufman. I'm Jack Grossman. Thanks for joining us. First of all, before we get into any actual Indiana football, Caleb, I feel like we have to wish you a happy birthday. I appreciate it. Shout out to everyone who did wish me a happy birthday. If you forgot, well, I guess I'll forgive you. Who forgot, notably? There's always someone. Um, uh, It took Maxwell Sterling Glenn a little bit not to call him out to remember. But besides him, people were pretty good. We all know people aren't here to hear us break down Indiana. Illinois State. <laughs> or El- Eastern Illinois. Whichever directional school Illinois <laughs> team that Indiana blasted by 52 last week. <laughs> Would it have been any different if Indiana played Illinois State? Probably not. <laughs> Could have been worse. They have, a, they have a nicer color scheme, Illinois State. I like that. I like that red. Might have been a little more confusing. Besides that, I digress. <laughs> Hoosiers face the Buckeyes. They're 14-point underdogs. And it's actually, I saw it on Twitter today. I believe it was Martha the Mop Lady that actually huh. tweeted it out. Um, it is the first time in five years Indiana hasn't been 20-plus point underdogs. So you can take that into your consideration. She said um, on Twitter, it, it's the closest the point spread has been for an Indiana-Ohio State game in over 15 years. And I'm not convinced Indiana covers. Why not? The Justin Fields thing. Th- this is a good segue into breaking down the preview of Ohio State. This game, in my mind, begins and starts with Justin Fields and how he plays in the game. He is killing it in his first season at Ohio State after backing up Jake Fromm last year in Georgia. Um, he has nine touchdowns, total touchdowns on the season and no interceptions, six passing touchdowns. He's uh has a passer rating of a 192 and a half. He just everything you could want out of your quarterback. He has done and then some. It's almost Tua-esque of last year, of what he's been able to do. And he's mobile. He can throw. There's like Usually when you have a mobile quarterback, you try to make him throw. Or if you don't have a mobile quarterback, you try to get him out of the pocket. He's one of those rare guys that can do it all. And Indiana's defense at times this season has looked suspect. In the past, IU has struggled to bring down mobile quarterbacks. And just all those type of things combined, it makes me nervous that they'll cover a 14-point spread. You know, I think that Justin Fields is great. I think he's looked good in his first two games, but in reality, this is just so clearly IU's best chance at knocking off Ohio State in a long time. Um, I mean, the last two meetings that they have, uh, that the two schools have played, you, you're looking at two top five Ohio State teams, some of their better teams in recent memory. And I think everything's going IU's way, just with all the added depth over the last year and being at home again is huge. I just just think about all the anticipation um, two years ago. on It was college game day, the Thursday night to open up the season. Think about all the anticipation behind that game, despite what that IU team really was. Um, I like that you bring up the anticipation. I feel like there's not much of a vibe right. around them. It's a little it, weird. It, it, I, it, it's... Very weird. I mean, two years ago, obviously, first game of the year, everyone was really excited. Um, last year, even though it was on the road, I felt like people were really excited for the game, thought mm-hmm. Indiana had a chance to compete, and, and for the typical two-and-a-half quarters, they did. And even before our time here, 2015, Indiana came in to against Ohio State with a 4-0 record, and they had a huge crowd. 
and that was the Cardell Jones, JT Parrott, Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott team that was better than the Ohio State team that had won the championship the previous year. And Indiana, without Nate Sutfeld, who got hurt in the middle of the game, had fourth and goal on the three-yard line, down four points. I know, it's just so interesting. So, I mean, Indiana's, yes, they've struggled in the in the last quarter and a half against Ohio State the past couple of years, but I, I feel like there should be more excitement. I just kind of feel... Just for all the pr- like for it, all the progress yeah. they've made with Ohio State in the last few years, you know, really playing them close. I mean, I I, I am in no way picking them to actually win the game, but of course not. I I, I I just feel like I expected people in Bloomington to rally around the team this week more than what we've seen so yeah. far. Yeah, I've I, seen excitement from people though. I've seen people other have, than like the five same people that keep tweeting nine win Deanna. In the words of the great Griffin Gonzalez, those people are not using Twitter, right? Um, <laughs> but the, I've seen excitement. People are talking about it, at least. I've had all my professors today have mentioned it in some capacity. Somehow, really? And they're not even uh, sports media professors. I'm uh, in sports media classes, and no one's talking really, about my, it. My, all my marketing professors today have been talking about it. Everything goes back to the Ohio State game. But I feel like there is some buzz about it, probably not as much as maybe in past especially two years ago when everyone was just hyped to have college game day on campus for the first time i see it as a game where i agree jack i don't expect them to win but it's an important game that indicates where this team is going forward since 1959 indiana has played ohio state 57 times would would anyone like to guess their record in those 56 games i think i know this they have. Are there two ties? No. No. Um, no ties. No. There's one tie. There's one tie. I know there was a tie. I thought there was two. I want to say they have two wins. Is that correct? They are two fifty-four and one. Yeah, I wasn't doing the back end math. I only knew like some of the categories. Would anyone like to take a guess on which two years they won? Oh, it was I'm like, going to say once in the 80s and once in the 60s. It was back-to-back years, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, uh, wow. It was 1988-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87-88-87
it's impossible for me to know to all this program has known for the better part of 40 years is losing to Ohio State. How do you get that out of your heads and out of because you know even if the if the players don't say they don't care, they get the vibe from the fans. You definitely know that history a lot better than they they may. So how how do you kind of try to get around that? The players know, and the truth is they know, and they know it's a big game. Uh, Penix on Monday was talking about it. He said they know it's a big one. They just need to come out and execute like they always do. A classic mix of coach talk and how you want your yep. starting quarterback to speak. But the truth is they need to come out with an edge. They need to come out with something extra because that's the only way you're going to be in Ohio State as an Indiana. And the players know that. The fans will be there. It's just a question of is the gap has the gap closed enough between Indiana and Ohio State and then, as you mentioned, looking forward, a Michigan that they can pull enough together to get over that hump and get that first win. What you say, twenty three years? Well, twenty three straight games. Twenty three since nineteen eighty eight. Okay. I I mean I I think that does boil down to the question: Do we believe in what Tom Allen has said about the added depth, and do they have enough depth to play with Ohio State for sixty minutes? Look, I think there's been a lot of ground made between these two teams in the last few years. I can never be bold enough to pick IU to win this game heading into it, but I think last maybe decade, I'd never be less surprised to see an IU win. Um, And just because of the way their last few games have gone and the way IU's played them so close, it really wouldn't surprise me if this game was really within a possession in the third or fourth quarter. both times in the last two years, Ohio State has just really just throttled Indiana in the second half, and the scoreboard at the end gives the game no justification of how close IU kept things. So I think mentally, you know, IU has to look at this as somewhat, you know, mo- motivating, I guess. They have a chance to break the trend, um, and they've come close the last few years, so like, you know, it's... Mm, I'm stumped. <laughs> I was talking for too long. <laughs> It's radio. You can talk for uh, I agree that it it's all about breaking the trend, and as I said, it's about setting the tone for the season. I think conceptually, just like how the season works, not the wins and losses and what will get them to bowl eligibility. This is one of the most important games of the season, purely because if they can compete, they don't have to win. If they can compete for over three quarters, if they can get into that fourth quarter and be in it and they can move the ball up and down the field, if they can slow down uh, Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins, it shows that they've made enough improvements in the Tom Allen era that they can compete with most of the teams in the Big Ten. They might not beat the superpowers like a Michigan or an Ohio State, but they'll be there, and that means they have the ability to beat the teams they have to to get to a 6 win. So I think that's why this game is one of the most important of the season, just like from a visual standpoint. I mean, 1-22... through 22... Indiana doesn't match up with Ohio State well, but they match up with them a lot better than they have in the past. Mm-hmm. My question is, can backups like a Gavin Everett, like a Jamar Johnson, like a Jalen Williams, like a Jawan Burgess, can those guys be good enough to where there's not a huge drop-off from the first to second teamers and Indiana can actually rest their starters a little bit during the game 
and be able to use that depth to be fresh in the fourth quarter. I think their depth is there enough to spell some of the starters for short periods of time. You're not gonna you're not gonna get those games where you can take them out for a drive and give them a true breather or something, or even a full series. But I think they have the depth to do that. Biggest question is and to be able to do they have to be smart. They can't be taking stupid penalties. They can't be giving Ohio State first and fives or easy first downs to be able to give them rest. Because once they're over the 50-yard line, you have to have your starters out there. You have to try to contain them because field, you have to hold Ohio State to field goals in a game like this, not touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, I think IU's unit rotations could actually be the most critical part of the game this weekend. Um, I agree. <laughs> I know it's not saying too much, but... If you just think about it, IU has been playing two. They played Ball State and Eastern Illinois weeks one and two, and they're making the jump to a top ten team in the country. Just, just you know, a minor leap. Just a, just, minor, just a leap minor leap. And little little, little uh, one step up. <laughs> just in regards of what you're lining up against, I mean, back to the men- the mental thing. I mean, these guys that are coming off the bench have to stay motivated. I know they have a lot to prove just in terms of receiving more and more playing time throughout the year. I don't think motivation is going to be an issue. If they aren't motivated to play Ohio State, they shouldn't be on the team. Well, I'm just I'm just saying their motivation will determine how Saturday goes. If it's going to be a close game in the second half or if Ohio State's going to run with it early, you know? I I, I just don't know if cuz this is going to be the ultimate test for Tom Allen and he said this as much in his press conference saying this is this is the test of is the is our depth improved as much as as we being me being Tom Allen in this case think it is, and I just I just have a hard time thinking that that they that they're there right now. Mm-hmm. Now I mean I I think they're going to compete. I think um, it's not going to get out of hand like it has the last couple of years, but I just don't see them doing what they did in 2015, for instance, and having a real shot of winning at the end. I, I think 14 is a really good number for this game. game even though uh, some of the other stats people haven't agreed that Jeff Sagarin has him at, as at Ohio State by 21, hmm. for example. So if you bet with the Sagarin numbers, which I know people who do that, this would be a five-star slam-dunk play in favor of Ohio State. But I do think 14 is a good number for this game. I want to know that I think it'll come down to two things, or three things. Can can uh, Mike Penix be effective against the Ohio State defense, and subsequently can Stevie Scott be effective? Because they're going to need to be able to run and throw the ball to mm-hmm. win the game if they want any shot of winning the game. And then two, can the depth hold out, which we've talked about enough at this point, and three— how does Indiana slow down? Because they're not stopping J.K. Dobbins and Justin Fields in the run game. But how do they slow them down enough to neutralize them? Fields, it's as I said earlier, it's kind of like pick your poison. Do you want them to run on you or do which, you want them to throw? Which but, he, Indiana needs to make Fields throw the ball. He's a really good he, – he's proven he can throw the ball, but if he, he hasn't proven he can do it against – Against a Big Ten defense. Mm-hmm. And if you let them run, that just causes all different types of issues for your defense having to always be caught. Co- you always have to be cognizant, but always be wor- worrying about that and like kind of hedging on it. 
if you make them throw the ball, at least you know generally what's coming and that you can stop it. For Dobbins, once again, it's just that front, making sure they wrap up and tackle. Uh, they did a much better job about that last week. We'll see if it continues as you go to Big Ten play, play much more athletic players like a J.K. Dobbins and much bigger blockers. But I think up front is where it's going to matter. If you can contain fields, keep them inside the pocket and make them throw, which he's capable of doing, but the cornerbacks for IU have looked fine all season and keep Dobbins contained, I think that's where IU is going to be able to have some success going forward. I mean, if you look at what Justin Fields did last season at Georgia. Small sample size. Yes, yes, but he... I think the way Kirby Smart used him and how much he used him is an interesting way to look at this. Yes, I know Jake Fromm was really good, but it was a point of emphasis all year that Justin Fields was going to get playing time, and he played in all 12 of Georgia's regular season games before he transferred. The only games he threw more than three passes in were Massachusetts, Austin P, and Middle Tennessee State. To me, that says... Says And you look at the other games against the legit teams on their schedule. The next most is three passes against Georgia Tech, who was absolutely atrocious last year. Uh, then two against Auburn. And actually, he did have six against Vanderbilt. So uh, it's just, if you look at their best games against LSU, he ran the ball four times but didn't throw the ball. And against Alabama, he didn't. he attempted one pass. So you look at the best two games that they played last year, and he attempted one pass. To me, that shows because there was a concerted effort to get Fields involved in the game plan every game because they were trying to to keep what happened, him transferring to a different school, from happening. That was the whole purpose of of uh, Kirby Smart trying to get Fields involved last season to try to keep everyone happy. But for me, I think that as good as he's thrown the ball the first two weeks, they haven't faced a defense that's as good as Indiana's defense, and I'm not saying Indiana's defense is great. I think they've been they were very average in the Ball State game, and they were good against EIU, but it was EIU. So how much can we really take from that? Mm-hmm. But I still think that's a step up from where Cincinnati was. So for me, Indiana needs to to make him throw the ball, oh, because they're not winning this game if he rushes for over 100 yards and J.K. Dobbins rushes for another 75, 80, 90 yards. They're just not going to win that game. They need to stack the box and trust your veteran secondary and hope that they can make enough plays and keep them from making too many big plays to where you have a chance to win the game. <laughs> well, you got anything on that? I don't. <laughs> you, I agree. IU is the best defense he will face so far this season. If, uh, Florida That's Atlanta. not saying much, That's but, not saying <laughs> not much, but it, he, it, this is his biggest test as a starter. And it's important to keep in mind just how the jump is relatively large. I'm not saying Cincinnati's bad by any means, but the Big Ten defense, Tom Allen's calling guarding, though he's not call, calling defense this year. It has his fingerprints all over it still, especially with Womack uh, being a big part of it last year before he took it over this year. You see the improvements, and IU's tackling gets better. Defense is there. Containment and the outside receivers for Ohio State are not as good as they have been in the past, in my opinion. Ohio State is known for their monster wide receivers that are super athletic and can jump over everyone. Paris Campbell's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. 
blessings. <laughs> they they still have KJ Hill, who's, but, but, whose but speed but is as but, punishing. But Paris Campbell, man. <laughs> that, that man broke Indiana football two years in a row. And exactly, for that reason, and also, IU's cornerbacks have been good in my mind. It The only time IU has been in trouble in their first two games, defending the pass, has been intermediate routes or routes where they have to hand people off over the middle where the linebackers kind of look a little iffy. If you can keep that to a minimum and make fields throw deep or throw against one-on-one coverage or whatever Will Mack and Allen want to throw at him, that's where they can exploit him, hopefully get a turnover, restart that streak, which unfortunately they lost last uh, week. Um, That's where they can make a difference in this game. Takeaway streak ended 19 games was the longest in the FBS. Before we get out of here, let's pick the game. Will, we'll go to you first. Ohio State, Indiana, what's the score going to be? I'm going to say Buckeyes, and people are going to be surprised here. Buckeyes 31, Hoosiers 20. Um, hmm. I'm going to go Buckeyes 38. I'm going to give IU 21. I think they get the three touchdowns. Actually, 24. I think Justice gets one field goal. <laughs> gotta uh, give Justice. Gotta field give goal. Justice field goal. Kids automatic. I'm also. Uh, he, he was great talking to you today. So I'll give him one. Uh, hand me. Preview of a story to come, Caleb. A little bit. Shameless plug for. It will probably be up on the next podcast. So keep your eyes posted. All right. So I'm. I just. I don't trust Indiana's defense enough right now. Now to me, they they were not good in the Ball State game. You talked about the about the struggles of linebackers in the passing game. I'm not huge on the D line against Ohio State, so I think my 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 gut says that Fields and Dobbins are going to be able to run all over them. But I also believe in the Indiana offense to where I think I got to stop saying I think that's. That's a bad crutch to have in radio. <laughs> I'm usually pretty with it, but I'm rusty right now. I'm sorry. But but uh, Indiana's going to be able to put up points. Penix is I Penix is the real deal. And but at the end of the day, I'll take Ohio State's offense over Indiana's offense. And I think Ohio State's defense will be able to get a few stops. I got the Buckeyes winning forty nine to thirty four. Barn burner. That much offense from I from IU. I know he. He didn't have to show it uh, against EIU, his running I'm ability. I'm a believer. He showed it against Ball State, much to a lot of people's chagrin coming off the ACL. But that, what would you have IU at? 49-34. 30. Whew. That sounds like a lot in my mind. To let IU get to 34 points. That's it. I'll talk There's going to be lo- a lot of snaps and a lot of possessions because both teams want to play fast. Mm-hmm. Yes, but if and I'm, I And I don't think Indiana's getting many stops on defense. If I'm Ohio State, I'm throwing my hat if IU's getting that many points on on them. I don't think they IU can get to over Why not 30. looking at you? You filibuster for just a split second here, Caleb, because I'm going to bring up the points Indi- Indiana scored on Ohio State in the past real quick. I know, but uh, I just don't see that happening. They scored 26 in the shoe last year. Yeah, and that was with Ramsey. <laughs> I mean, you you look at big, what big games though. I'm one of those people that firmly believe age makes a huge difference. I know he's not a true freshman; he's a redshirt freshman, and he has big game experience. He played outstanding against uh, Penn State, and that's Penix I'm talking about. For those who don't know, I'm just nervous. This is first time starting a big time game, and 
Ohio State is not the most forgiving team <laughs> when you make mistakes. Indiana has scored 26 or more points in one, two, three, four out of the last seven matchups against the Buckeyes. And in the other three, it was 21 in 2017 when Indiana did not have a running back. And Ohio State finally figured out, hey, if we take out the go routes on the sidelines, there's nothing they can do. But that first half was <laughs> glorious of screen passes. And in 2016, where IU scored 17 points when the Hoosiers literally did not have an offensive line because both Dan Feeney and Spriggs were both hurt. So I, I'm, Indiana's been able to score. The problem is they haven't stopped the Buckeyes. We had just the series history. Last year, 49 points. 2017, 49 points. 2016, 38 points. 2014, um, 42 points. 2015, 34 points. 2013, 42 points. 2012, 52 points. Want to see a wild game, Indiana, in 2012. 52-49. They <laughs> <laughs> lost to the Buckeyes. That was... Uh, <laughs> At home or in the Oh, shield? no, that was at home. Okay. <laughs> I remember that game. And 34. Indiana hasn't held Ohio State under 34 points since 2009 when Ohio State scored 33. Hmm. <laughs> they haven't held under, under 30. They haven't held them under 30 points since 2001. Under 30 points? Under 30 points. Wow. I'm not saying Ohio State won't score. I'm more surprised that you think IU will score so often. And I know I'm a believer in, in, in the offense. I, it has looked good, yeah. and a lot of my concerns coming out of the Ball State game were: Does DeBoer's offense truly work once you're in the red zone? You run out of room, blah blah blah. That was kind of put to rest uh, this past week as they were ruthlessly efficient in the red zone. Uh, strong swing routes, get the running backs outside, intermediate passes. It's just. That jump scares me sometimes, especially when you're coming off two substellar opponents. Let's put it that way, for lack of a better term. Ohio State hasn't been challenged either. Just throwing that one out there. They haven't faced an offense nearly as good as what Indiana's going to throw at them. That's all the time we have for today. Do you want to get one last word in, Caleb? I, I know you're itching there. Yeah, they might not have got made, played that great opponent's team, but when you're the favorite that jump is a lot smaller than when you're I mean you're not IU wrong you're not wrong at jumping all jumping to Ohio State <laughs> that's all the time we have for today for Will Coleman and Caleb Kaufman I'm Jack Grossman thanks for joining us on the IDS football program we'll catch you next time